Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Hope you're well. Hope uh, yesterday were. Actually, yesterday wasn't a bad day at all, was it, really? I mean, weather-wise, we, it's, uh, somebody said, look, second day of summer. How exciting is that? I put my shorts on, and, and, I, and, I, and then I thought, I'm really not sure if I can venture out. I've got little pale, spindly legs. Well, they're not spindly. I mean, I was fairly athletic uh, as, a, as, a, as a young man. So many years ago now. And, um, and so I thought to myself, you know, I'll, I need to get some fake tan. But I've decided I need to get some expensive fake tan. I used to buy these tan towels. Lot, you would have heard, you've seen them all in boots and the chemist thing like that. And it comes in a silver pack. You take it out, it looks like a wet wipe. And you wipe it. Well, I used to get through tons of these things. I used to go out there and they did a big one for your body. I needed two of those. And, uh, and little ones for your face and everything else. And I, I put it, put, used to put it on thinking, I think it looks like fake tan. It's a bit difficult to make fake tan look realistic. And then I thought, today I might try and, and sort something out. But I was all over the place yesterday, because I was trying to find this blasted upside-down lampshade. Well, what a pain that turned out to be. In the end, I went to Sainsbury's home base. They had one, but I bought one in Wilkinson's. And to be honest with you, it's, it's sort of a cheap version. But that was quite expensive. That was eight quid. The one in Sainsbury's home base, same sort of thing, but much better uh, construction, was four ninety nine. And then a friend of mine phoned me and said, oh, I found them in the Argos catalogue. Because he's the sort of person, if I phone up and say, I'm looking for this, he'll go, hang on, oh, they've got them in Argos, catalogue number, and he's, he's like that. If I say to him, I've just spent £15 on this, he'll go, wait a minute, you can actually get that for twelve ninety nine if you go to... <laughs> it becomes quite irritating after a while. You know, if I say, I've just bought this, he'll go, oh, you can get it cheaper. You can get it cheaper elsewhere. And he go, I, I really don't care, I'm really not that bothered. It's like petrol. My parents used to go to drive around to try and find which garage were offering the most things in, in the Green Shield stamp market. You know, when they did quadruple green shield stamps. And then we as kids would sit there looking at the, thing, at the back of the book. You know, and we'd go, oh, look, we've got enough for a piece of toast. That was exciting, wasn't it? And, uh, and nowadays, I, I, I do look in garages. I'm, I've become a bit, not mean, just a bit more careful. Because petrol prices are up and down. And for, one day you'll go in there and it's 140.9. The next day you go in 141. Then the next day it goes back down 138. You think, are they just messing around with us? And I was in a foul mood this morning because the car was late. And that really annoys me. That really, re- that annoys me more than anything. Because at that time of the morning, when you're waiting, you know, you just want the car to turn up, you get in it, and I arrive at the studio. And of course, I arrived in here uh, half an hour late. So I was, it really threw me completely, because I didn't have a chance. And today we've got to record three in conversation. So I haven't had a chance to have a look at my notes and nothing at all. Just completely threw me out. And, uh... As I say, perhaps we'll get an apology a little bit later on, but uh, I'm not holding my breath for it. So that, that threw me out. And then I was so moved by the pictures yesterday of all the people in Oslo and, and across the country. People just stood there. If that was America, they'd have gone into... War would have been declared. War would have been declared. But with, with, with Oslo and with Norway, they're such gentle people. I mean, they really... It's, you should go. You should really go. We went... And we had a lovely time. We sat by the harbour. I wish the Christmas market would have been in operation. I think we were about three or four days ahead of the Christmas market. But we, we did everything. It was, it's a really lovely place. And it's so pretty out in the forest. As you know, if you looked at the pictures on the LBC website, they're probably still up there, actually, on my page. And uh, a knee-deep in snow. And when I say knee-deep, I mean knee-deep in it. I mean, it's cold. Good grief, it's cold out there. But it was just beautiful. It was really, really lovely. So when you see this whole country united in grief, you understand exactly what they're going through. But they're so dignified. They're so dignified. Over here, you know, we've had, you know, we lost Amy Winehouse, and we've had people wailing on the television and wailing on the radio, and people say this and that, and then people leaving vodka bottles there and packets of cigarettes. 
And I was thinking, I'm sure that's not right. I'm sure. But then, you know, that uh, that Raoul Moat thing that went on. We had the, the family who turned up, you know, to sort of celebrate the... Oh, bunch of idiots. Just, just awful. And all the papers this morning are full of a picture of, uh, of the massacre madman, Anders Brivik, bragging of two more se- uh, terror cells. I don't believe him. I think he's a liar. I think he's one of these mentally ill people who just tells lies. And because he said, oh, there were two more terror cells and I was recruited... And it was this... I mean, it's just... I don't believe him. I'm afraid I don't believe him. Um, to be honest with you, the first thing I thought when I saw the picture yesterday is, I think we need to bring back hanging. And uh, and hang him. It's it's a shame that he wasn't killed, as his father said, uh, there. But uh, very sad. Very, very sad indeed. Uh, Brian Dowling, Big Brother presenter. That'll die on its uh, proverbial, I'm afraid. As... Uh, has revealed his dream housemate would be Britney Spears, yeah, followed by the Pope, Mother Teresa and anybody else. Poor old fatty boy Brian, who can't present for Toffee. I don't know why they've picked him. He said he's really happy. I said the other day on the programme, of course you are, it's your first proper job in years. Because he's, uh, he's failed in every TV programme they put him on. We've had Brian's, Brian's people, that died. He did the Mint, that died. You can't remember anything he's done. He's sort of, he turned up, they actually put him back in Big Brother and then you suddenly realise that as an ex-trolley dolly, that's all he's good at. He's good at sort of entertaining people, running up and down the aisle, pushing a trolley, going, do you want duty free? Do you want duty free? Something from the overhead locker? I don't know. I'd like put that away for you. Thank you. And he has got something to fall back on. Soon, I hope. Soon. Which is lovely. I had to, I, I cheered myself up again yesterday because I was so depressed when I looked at the images from Norway. I watched the uh, Michael McIntyre DVD again, live and laughing, and I suddenly realised that he swears almost all the way through it. it. Because he does it, though, with a smile on his face, you can kind of get away with it. You know, in, well, in, in that sort of rude way. But he's just, his observational stuff is very funny. It's funny. I mean, he, he, he was talking about, you know, you're going down the motorway, and on the other side... There's, there's all this traffic which has slowed down. And he said, and you want it to go for the whole journey. He said, and you see people join the line. He said, and you look at the thing, you have no idea how long you're going to be sitting in this. He, he, did a, he did a great sketch on tractors. He said, there's one thing he said, I hate doing. He said, you're going down a country road. He said, there's a tractor in front of you. He said, they've got these big wheels. He said, they're meant for going in fields. He said, and they're running parallel to a field. He said, why don't they drive in the field? Why do they have to drive? He said, I don't pull in front of them when they're ploughing. And sort of slow down at five miles an hour. He said, no. So I don't want to see them on the road at all, which is good. Uh, Kerry Katona is thinking of suing uh, the News of the World. Uh, a pal says she thinks she deserves extra money for that too because she thinks she was hacked all about her drug problems. God, oh, blimey, how, how to scrape the gutter at the same time. But uh, if, if, if she did get a big payout, she'd be back on her feet again. I wouldn't give her any money at all. Frankly, the woman's an idiot with money. However, 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 which paper was it in? Which paper is it in? I can't remember. You're going you're to go apoplectic at this one, I'm afraid. Um, oh, I, t- I turned on Loose Women again the other day. Can we get rid of Sarah Mulliken? Milliken? Whatever. Can, I've had enough. She's on every blooming programme. And then I turned on... Th- there's a, another thing coming up. And your worst nightmare is when they get Eamon Holmes on a programme, or Ruth Langsford. And Eamon turned up on that ghastly programme with Dermot O'Dreary. He's been annihilated in the papers today. They say, you know it's a bad programme and you can't get anybody A-list. You have to get the Z-list people in. And uh, Eamon Holmes is Z-list. You know, stay at home a bit more, mate. Do us all a favour. Keep your wife at home with you, because we're bored with seeing you. You don't contribute anything to a programme. And he turned up on this Dermot O'Dreary programme, and it's, it's just all just all terrible, I'm afraid. And they've said, really, it's, it's dying. 
the programme it was dead to start with. You know, when you bring on people to solve other people's problems and they can't even solve their own problems. Oh, dear me. And uh, you can now buy, a bit excited by this, an oversized toilet seat. Apparently they're now making a toilet seat, uh, a large one. This is 19 inches wide, which is 75% bigger than a normal seat. Isn't that good? Ali Ross is the man who's uh, talking about the unluckiest TV presenter on the planet. And, um, oh, guess who contacted uh, Amy Winehouse's family? No, not Pete Doherty, no. Guess, no, not but Blake Civil, no. Sally Morgan, psychic to the stars. So she's going to be able to help them contact her. wonder what she'll be saying. It's OK, I'm at peace now. What do you reckon? Should we take odds on what, what rubbish Sally Morgan's going to come up with? God, blimey, honestly. You lose the will to live, don't you? see her name anywhere and you suddenly think, oh, what can you be saying? I died in agony. No, she's going to be saying something along the lines of, uh, I'm at peace now, don't worry about me, I'm fine. It's baloney. It's baloney. I talk to dead people. No, you don't, dear. No, you don't. And then, I mean... Somebody was watching the television the other day. Somebody was watching Daybreak. It has how not to introduce Monday's newspaper review unless you're applying for a job on the Guardian's news desk. Daybreak's Adrian Charles. Let's get uh, Norway out of the way first. Classic stuff, isn't it? They've got to get rid of them. They're, they're both just absolutely awful, I'm afraid. And where was this pi- There was a piece in the paper today which is just really going to... Thank you, darling. It's lovely. I know. Somebody dumped them. They dumped all those little dogs. No, you don't want them. You really don't. They eat you out of house and home. They need exercise. And you know that you don't do exercise very often. Not surrounded by one, two, three. Not, not with seven dogs. You really can't do anything like that. I know, but you can't take dogs out of the They've got all, in all different directions. You look like something out of 101 Dalmatians. I said, you love this story. I have to mention it because it's so farcical. A council has delayed evicting... Britain's largest illegal gypsy and traveller camp, so that bailiffs, wait for this one, can be given cultural awareness training. Cultural awareness training. Apparently, traveller welfare group Share was asked to give bespoke training specifically for the forced removal of gypsy and traveller women and children. Really? (laughs) Why? Are they different or something? Are they completely different? No, they're there illegally. What is it about the word illegal you're not kind of understanding? No, you just go in there and you kick them off. They went in there and rode roughshod over all the planning laws, so uh, that's it. Learning how to handle them. Good Lord. These are people who a girl was abducted from a traveller camp the other day by travellers, and they've all closed ranks. I don't think we afford these people anything at all. I think you only have to say to most people, don't you, what do you think of travellers? And they don't have a great reputation, let's put it that way. But there is a story in the paper today, and once I find it, you're going to... Dear, you're going you're gonna to do what I do, what I did, and went. You're joking. She's not made another cock up, has she? She has. It's Sarah Ferguson. I'm afraid you're going to love this one. It's absolutely classic Sarah Ferguson. I didn't actually think the woman could get any balmier, but uh, but she has. I'm afraid. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. The Prime Minister says links between the Norwegian attack and British extremist groups are being investigated. Last night, 100,000 people took to the streets of Oslo and cities across Norway to remember the 76 people who've died. President Obama has warned America's growing dangerously close to defaulting. The US will effectively run out of money in eight days unless leaders can agree a deal to allow the country to borrow more. And Amy Winehouse's family says her funeral will be held later, three days after she was found dead at her house. It'll be a private service for close friends and family. Her parents visited the flowers and tributes left outside her home yesterday afternoon. 
Let's have a check on the state of the roads. I've got a story about Jay Louise in a moment, but here she is with the travel. <laughs> oh dear, it sounds ominous. <laughs> Thank you. In Battersea, York Road, close. For Nick Ferrari. Morning, everybody. Can't wait for that. Eh? Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Uh, Extra Factor host Ollie Murs has vowed to return the show to its former glory after Connie Huck's disaster last year. I was the I was the an, a little lone voice on Connie Huck going. She's a dreadful presenter. I was a little lone voice, and people go, no, she's wonderful, and she's great, and she's talented. No, she wasn't. She was a dreadful presenter. I'm never, ever wrong on presenters. I said to you before that Dermot O'Dreary was a chronically awful presenter. He might be a great personality, he might be a lovely guy. As a presenter, he's rubbish. On the radio, he's even worse. I didn't actually think somebody could be that bad on the radio and get away with it. Sharon Osborne is taking a break to spend time with husband Ozzy. He won't know about it, of course. He's, ooh, he's got not a clue where he is half the time, poor soul. And uh, Peter Andre has given his blessing to Katie... Oh, shut up, you stupid boy. Who cares what you think, Pete? Nobody's interested, love. It's very sweet, but, I mean, nobody is really interested. I can't find my Katie Price story. Typical, isn't it? Just when you, just when you find a really good story and you think, oh, that's a good, that'll get everybody going this morning. I love it when we sort of get you going. There's lots of people talking about Amy Winehouse. Guess who's vanished? All her, f- all her druggy friends and drug dealers have all disappeared. The papers have said today they've all gone, gone to ground, as it were, lest they be dragged in to the, uh, into the story, because they're all responsible. They are all responsible for keeping this woman, you know, on her drugs, supplying her with drugs, everything. Not surprised they've gone to... I tell you, I'd have a field day. I would have a field... I've often said, it's not the people who take the drugs I blame, it's the people who flog them to them. You know, the drug... You see them all out there, the drug dealers. You know, peddling misery... Peddling murder. That's what they're peddling. And so every time we get a drug dealer, we throw them in prison. I'd hang them. I would absolutely hang them. Uh, I see that Madame Two Swords has actually done uh, Ken and Deirdre for, for their Blackpool. It actually doesn't look too bad. doesn't look... T- they don't look as good as the ones in London. The ones in London look very good, but this one doesn't, doesn't really look very good at all, actually. Uh, rugby ace Mike Tyndall says he's not nervous about marrying the Queen's granddaughter. We're going out together for ages. And do you remember... Jane Horrocks, because for ages she was the vo- she was the face of Tesco, and um, you remember her when she was the face of Tesco. No, Tesco, Tesco. Every little helps, and she did it, and loads of other people. Well, now she's doing Prunella Scales, of course. Now she's doing a series, taking the Mickey out of people who shop in supermarkets, calling them chavs. She's recorded this uh, this new series, and uh, I forget what it's called actually. It's it's a new one looking at. It's, it's set in a supermarket. It's like a soap opera. She lives in Twickenham, although they have described it here as she lives in a luxury home in Twickenham. We've all got luxury homes in Twickenham. All got luxury homes. Woo, 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 have we ever. And here is a bit of advice, just before I... I'll find the Sarah Ferguson piece if it kills me. But uh, this is a convenience store owner. His name is Philip Bennett. Uh, Philip comes from Beeston in Leeds. And what he did... Uh, he never missed a payment for his electricity bill, but unfortunately, um, he's been underpaying for three years. Now, you all know what underpaying is. It means that when the bill comes in, they goes, you can either pay all this or this is the minimum payment. When I went in to pay a... What did I pay? Is it a phone? I remember paying my orange bill years ago when I was with Orange. I'm not with Orange anymore. So I thought the service was so awful. And I went in there and she said, do you want to pay all the bill? So I wasn't actually aware you could pay a bit of it. She said yes, but anyway, so I always I always pay everything. I I, I like to make I like to keep you know tidy in the book department, and um, so for years he's been underpaying. Unfortunately, British Gas, for it was them, uh, decide to send him the the latest bill. They brought him up to date. 
He owes £39,000. He's been underpaying for so long. And uh, he says, apparently, they've been reading five digits instead of six. So, in theory, it's their problem. The argument is, though, that he probably should have... And they should have... I mean, it really comes down to both of them. They actually should have said to him, we don't think that your bills are as much as they should be for a convenience store. And he should have said, well, listen, compared to my house bill, this one's quite cheap. So anyway, um, they will force him to pay because he's used... It's, it's not like anything else. You've, you've, you've used the electricity. But uh, what they will do is that they'll, they'll work with somebody to resolve it. He will be in debt forever. But that's like parents whose sort of kids go onto their mobile phone and start racking things up. And then they get bills in for sort of £1,000. Well, it, I mean, it is because he, he should have realised, unfortunately. And we're going to hang him as well later on today just to reinforce the fact that if you don't pay your electricity bill, you're out. You have to be... He should have realised that... Because, I mean, you're supposed to check. We don't, but you're supposed to check these things. And you would look at it and go, that bill seems a little bit low. But, of course, most would go... Well, Thank goodness for that. I quite like the idea of a of a low bill. That's very good. I'm blowed if I can find this. Danielle Lineker's beauty blog. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Can't bear Danielle Lineker. I did go to an awards ceremony once. I was I was, I was on the next table to um, Eamon Holmes and Ruth Langsford. That was exciting, wasn't it? Not really. Not really. Colleen, Colleen Nolan. I like the way they've airbrushed her in her picture here to make her not look as chavvy as she does on the television. She, God, she was looking huge. She's leaving loose women. I can think of a few others. I don't, I'm now warming to Kate Thornton, although people tell me they don't like Kate Thornton. I like Kate Thornton. I don't know why people don't, don't like her. She seems perfectly pleasant. She's, uh, she's more than competent to do, to do a programme. Well, she seems to be more than competent, but uh, I, I seem to be out of... Anyway, here is Sarah Ferguson. Now, the only reason I mention Sarah Ferguson is because if ever anybody was a waste of space, she's it. And here she is in America, and she says her girls are at the centre of her universe... Because she lives in this strange world, I'm afraid. So what has she done? It, it begs the question, said the Daily Mail, why the Duchess of York allowed the Queen's granddaughters to be filmed crying and at times clearly in distress for her latest television shows. She's put them on the television. They've been filmed. She touches Princess Beatrice's face in one scene as Princess Beatrice is sobbing her heart out. Is this woman totally stupid? I mean, d does anybody have any say? She hugs Eugenie... In every programme, Sarah cries. I mean, quite clearly, she's not all there in the brain department at all. And uh, it, it's just ridiculous. What, what they do is, the, the kids come on and discuss their mother's journey. It must be really embarrassing, mustn't it, to have to explain your mother... I'm terribly sorry, that's my mother. I'm really... I'm so sorry, I know. We are more adult than she... Although you've met the father, haven't you? Uh, we are more adult than she is. She can't deal with anything in her life. She can't handle money. She can't handle anything. I mean, there is nothing that Sarah Ferguson can do. And, and I don't know whether... I mean, cause she actually goes back and says her, her mother called her the devil. I mean, you know, charming thing to say about your mother, isn't it, really? Her father used to visit prostitutes. And, and in the end of the day, she has a marriage that doesn't work out to a man who played the field. And boy, did he play the field. Strangely enough, people talk about Prince Andrew and the wrong company he keeps. He was doing this years ago. Years ago. We all remember Vicky Hodge and all that little lot and Andy playing away on an island. I mean, there, are nude, there were nude pictures that appeared in all the papers. Nude pictures of Prince Andrew, who was sort of there with these girls. 
And that's all I'll tell you, apart from the nude pictures. And, uh, I think Kelvin McKenzie had them locked in his safe. And when they printed them in the sun at the time, they put a little, a little royal crown over the offending article. <laughs> so just in case you hadn't seen one before, that small. And, um, and so, so the rest of their life had just been a disaster. From, you know, from, from all the people she went out with, to the toe-sucking, to the selling of Prince Anne. I mean, everything has just been... I mean, it makes you wonder, you know, you and your lives, ladies and gentlemen, managed to get through the day quite well. I was watching two ladies coming out of uh, the Bentall Centre the other day. They must have been, I would think, in their sort of 70s, and they were chatting away, and they quite clearly didn't have any money. You could see that they didn't... You know, and if I had loads of money, I'd be wanting to say to them, listen, go and buy yourself a bottle of champagne, go do something... And they came out, and they had their, their, their sort of gabardine max on, and there was, she was saying, I, I saw that, she said, it was ever so expensive, so I didn't buy that. And I thought, oh, how sweet. These are, these are proper people, not silly Sarah and her silly girls and her silly ex-husband. You know, they're stupid people. I should, I'm not surprised the Queen washed her hands of her. No, we don't want her for Christmas. Oh. God, no. Crying into the Christmas pudding. That would be a disaster, wouldn't it? So, th- so they let her sort of stay in a little house on the edge of the estate. Why she just doesn't, you know, her and Andrew, because they're all ruled by the Queen. You know, if the Queen says, then you do very quickly. You don't, you don't sort of mess around. I mean, t- to be honest with you, it's almost a soap opera in itself, but she still lives the high life because <clears throat> that's what the royal family gave her. They actually gave her, you know, that kind of life. And it was a life of riches. She never had any money. They, they really didn't have any money at all, I'm afraid. Didn't take long, they've said in the uh, paper today, Paul Harris has done a report uh, for Amy's Shrine to lose its dignity amid a sea of vodka bottles, beer cans and a stream of attention seekers. Did you see them yesterday on the television? The attention seekers who were sort of crying on cue for the camera. One man was behind the reporter and she was doing a bit and he was looking around seeing if the camera was on him. And, they went, <sighs> and I thought, he looked about 45, 50. I thought, what an idiot. What an idiot. But it does drag out the sad people, doesn't it? We had the two little girls who were dressed up as Amy Winehouse. Do you think their mother goes, do you want to be on television? I mean, I do, you, do, you know, it's... We, we don't do things like that very... By, by contrast, look in Norway. 76 people shot dead by a lunatic. And the whole country is dignified. Nobody wailing or smashing their hands against things or, you know, doing anything like that. No, all very dignified. All very dignified. Oh, they've axed on the television. Pint of lager and the crisp programme. Packet of, packet of crisps and a pint of lager or something. Yeah, I quite like the programme. I could, oh, no, obviously, I didn't like it. Was it was it the one I thought it was? Was that where it was? It was like men behaving badly. Was it very rude language? Was it? Oh, Amanda didn't watch it. Really, so I had no idea what I'm talking about. It could have been, could have been sort of Winnie the Pooh, as far as she was concerned. No idea. It might have been the one set in a pub. I think. Here's Carol Vorderman out with her daughter Kate. Sorry, darling. There were bits in a pub. OK, well, at least we know that. Uh, Carol Vorderman. And, and what it is, they, they, they've done a piece on why mothers dress like their daughters. <laughs> and Carol Vorderman, who is sort of... I don't know how old Carol Vorderman is, but anyway, she's, she's quite old, and her daughter's quite young, but they're wearing similar outfits, and you think, is this normal in this day and age? Do mothers... I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not Joan Crawford, is it? And Christina, where they, they all had identical outfits made. But it does look slightly odd. Mother and daughter together. Perhaps Carol Vorderman thinks she looks that young. She doesn't. London's Big Eve Allen. Morning, everybody. There's no doubt in my mind that the man responsible for the, uh, the murders of all those uh, kids and the other people is quite clearly off his trolley, I'm afraid. I have no hesitation in saying that whatsoever. And uh, quite clearly lives in some deluded, sad world. I think just an injection 
that the, they, they have a, a unique system. Of, they're, they're so civilised about the whole thing. They didn't make any attempt to cover him up as they were, you know, to over here, somebody'd have a blanket over their head or, you know, covered in tin foil or something ridiculous. Over there, they just sort of drive him out in a Range Rover with a policeman sitting next to him. But they've now put him in solitary confinement, solitary, for eight weeks. No contact with anybody, no hearing the radio, no contact with family, nothing at all. And to be honest with you, if that doesn't send you round the bend, nothing will, but I think he's round the bend anyway, I'm afraid. But uh, they're so civilised about it. I can't, I'm trying to find out if this 21-year ruling means anything. Somebody was saying yesterday, and I don't think it does anymore. I think this, he's responsible for so many murders. But he shows no remorse. It's a bit like Tracy, uh, Tracy Andrews. You know, she's released. She's out now. She's changed her name to Tia. And she's had £5,000 worth of surgery, but she's still the same murdering girl who went in all those years ago. She's st- you remember, I remember watching her on the television. She stabbed the... Uh, the boyfriend, in the neck, and then another 37 times. So shows no remorse. She says, oh, I've, I've done my time. I don't feel the need to apologise to anybody. I thought, quite clearly, prison doesn't work then, does it? And they'll give her a new identity, and uh, she'll live under curfew uh, for probably six months to a year. And then people will find out where she is. And they'll put a picture in the paper. That's what'll happen, because they do it all the time, don't they? They're always keen to find out where these people are. And then she went on television and started doing the fake sobbing, pretending that they'd been abducted by somebody else. And, of course, it was total lies. Total lies. Only served 14 years. As I said yesterday on the programme, the parents of the, uh, of the man she murdered are devastated that she's out getting on with her life, you know, life of Riley. Will she actually get a proper job? Probably not. We're, we're going to end up paying for it some way. And uh, all they visit is a gravestone which is uh, not the best way. I never understand this, in this country, we seem to have these, you know, over here, this uh, man, if he'd murdered 76 people over here, we'd probably go, well, you know, he had a dreadful upbringing, didn't he? You know, we'd probably send him on a holiday to Barbados or something like that. Because they don't, they don't seem to worry about doing anything nowadays. In other countries, they'd be doing the lethal injection straight away. If this was America, this man would have been executed, I think, by now, quite clearly. I'm, I'm surprised, actually, he didn't take his own life. He's obviously a big coward as well, I'm afraid. Uh, you forgot to mention Prince Andrew and Kustark. Yes, Kustark. I saw a picture of Kustark a while ago. I, I liked Kustark. She became a bit litigious, though, after a while. She was, it, was, it was when the, the press... This was years ago. And, and then she emerged in the papers a while ago. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the story was. Was it that she'd, she'd sort of down on her luck or something like that? But she could have been... I'd been more than happy if he'd actually married her. She did that soft porn film called... Emily. Emily was... And the, the reason it was shocking is because she went topless. You know, to be honest with you, I've sat next to Mary Popouts and, um, and you know, because Julie Andrews got them out. I've never forgiven her for that, probably. Never, prop, never properly got over it. Still wake up screaming in the middle of the night now. And, um, and so I forgot about Kustar, but I'm sure she popped up in the papers a while ago. Normally I'm quite good on remembering things. And I think it was something to do with the fact that she either didn't have any money or something had happened. I wish she'd married her. At least she might have taught him some manners. But uh, Shelley says, we've seen that the government have just commissioned a happiness survey to discover and measure what makes us happy. She said, so what makes you and I happy could be measured by what makes Jeremy Kyle's guests happy. And I thought we had no money. Do you know, money is the only thing people don't discuss nowadays. There's a survey in the paper today that says the one thing we're still funny about is money. You ask somebody, how much do you earn? They won't tell you. They'll tell you, they'll, they'll show you the car... That they drive, and they'll show you all these other things. Oh, I, f- I knew there's something I forgot to mention. God, dear me, honestly. So this morning, apart from the fact that my taxi was very late arriving, very late, there'll be a letter in the post and a box of chocolates and a bunch of flowers, no doubt, shortly. And it's uh, still not burst. And uh, thank you. That's yes, I'm just going to do the J. Louise story now. Isn't that funny? I'm just doing it. And and J. Louise said, um, 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 
Oh, yeah, she came in. She said she, w- she went to get the bus this morning. And it was nine minutes early. Early. This would never have happened in Twickenham, of course. Ivor and all the other guys would have sorted this out. A bus driver, nine minutes early. So as she's going to the bus stop, the bus sails past. Well, you can imagine, can't you? Not happy. Not happy. Anyway, as luck would have it, a cab driver pulled in. Hello, darling. What? They're all like that. What? Salt of the earth. Where are you going to? Where are you going to, Popsy? And uh, she said, oh, you can just drop me off here and all the rest of it. So anyway, as they get in the cab and he says, uh, well, you just, well, where do you work then? And so, uh, so she said, I work for, you know, in that building. You work at the radio? Yeah. Which, which station do you work for? Well, I, I do the travel news on lots of the uh, different states. You do the travel on that Steve Allen show? I listen to Steve Allen every morning, says Gary, who's, who's the cab driver. So she said, would you give him a, a, a big mention? And I went, yeah, that's nice. She said it was £14. I said, he charged? He charged you for this journey? I can't... I said, I thought he'd have given it for free. You know, somebody who's on the radio, you know, doing her a favour, she gives you a big, big up, and you charge her. 14... I was horrified. I said, he's only having a small mention now. Only a small mention. Shape £14. Easy money, first thing in the morning, isn't it? Haven't even got to go anywhere, 14... God, I wish I could make money that easily. Wait a minute. I do make money that easily. I do make money that easily. I have to pay it all to the tax man. Do you know the tax man has already taken my... We haven't even got to the end of the month. I'm quite good with my tax. Uh, you have to be nowadays, because I'm too worried that they, they sort of clamp down on people. And it, it's due at the 31st, and it's the 26th. They, they took it last week. I sent off the cheque and all the rest of it. Yes, I still write cheques. And I sent it off, and I said to my bank manager the other day, I said, um, I said has the tax man taken the money? Should I have a cheque? Yes, he took it last week. Oh, lovely. How nice is that? Anyway, she's, she's, added, she's got big exams. If you work within banking now and you do investment banking, which she does, uh, you have to do exams. And it's just stressing her out, something chronic. So I've booked lunch for us for this Friday. And she said, which is quite nice. It's the place where I took Amanda and drank me out of house and home. Anyway, and um, so, but I mean, she's calmed down a bit since then. And so I'm going to take her out for lunch, she said, but I'll know the results of the exam because they tell you if you've passed afterwards. I said, oh, God, this is either going to be the most miserable lunch going or we'll have a, we'll have a nice lunch. I said, shall I get champagne? She said, well, I don't know. Wait and see what happens. Uh, Shane says, my wife's quite upset at having heard you say you only wanted local people to text in. Is this what you actually said? Yes, I said, I don't want to hear from your wife at all. I do not want to hear from anybody, I'm afraid, in Kent. I've told you before, we're a local radio station for local people. And I mean local to Leicester Square. I don't, we don't hear from people. You, you don't figure in our ratings at all. I get, I get emails and letters from people in far-flung places. You know, Battersea. And things like that. And, and people write to me from Abu Dhabi and from Scotland. And it's lovely. But to be quite honest, you know, it, it, you, you don't feature in my figures at all. You're of no use to me at all. You know, we don't mind people occasionally having a little dip into the programme and stuff like that. But uh, it doesn't actually... I, I wish there was some way it would work. Paul Easton was telling me about this and how it, how we sort of do the figures. And I think they add on for people who are on the outside and the periphery. They, they give you sort of a, a lump group of, of people. But it's, it's not the same, is it? Because we know that at this time of the morning, we have the share of the audience. We don't, we don't need to say that with any sort of sense of uh, pride or big-headedness. It's a fact that we have the share of the London audience. We have the biggest share of the London... There's more people listening to this programme now than anything else. But what have you got? You've got some fat bird with badly bleached hair. Not very funny at all. And, uh, and a few music... Th- which is nice if you want to hear music. But if you want to hear, you know, what's going on in the world, in the papers, and, uh, and you can contribute, then you, you choose LBC. That's the way it works. 
I've just returned from a weekend in Blackpool, and you were so right, says Stevie. Tacky. In fact, I spent the weekend laughing at it. God bless the South. It is tacky. I mean, it is. It is tacky. There's no... I mean, I feel I should take Amanda up there one time just to show her what, what tacky is. No, I don't want to take you away for a weekend. I, just, I want to get the... You know, we would be separate hotels. Probably separate resorts. And uh, But if you saw the front of Blackpool, you would realise what the word cheap plastic flowers means. Because all the hotels... and God, there's some dumps on the front. They're like bed and breakfast places with big signs on there, like hot and cold running water. Like in this day and age, it's a bit of a... Th- Seriously! You know, fully air-conditioned. Yes, inside toilet. You don't need to go in the backyard, you know, or sort of cut up bits of newspaper on a nail kind of thing. You know, hot and cold running water, all bedrooms en suite. You think, we're in the year 2011. It's like going to a third-world country, going to Blackpool. And you go up there, and it is, and it's full of those sort of people. It is full of sort of fat birds. Unfortunately, up there, because it's the seaside, they dress even worse than they would do in barking. And they're pushing the prams up. They've all got chips on and a fag and the phone clamped to their ears. And they're all... Oi! Kylie, come here! You know, it's a, it's a bit like that. It's got the amusement arcade. I mean, we up... I told you we were up there. And we went through an amusement arcade and there's a couple, a man and a woman. I mean, real chavs. Real chavs. And they were pushing the machines to make the money fall off. Well, of course, the machines are programmed that if you push them, they've got sensors in and it freezes the machine. But that's what they're doing. They're going around the machines, knocking them so that the money... They were that desperate to get two P pieces. It's that cheap up there. God, it was vile. Horrible, horrible. We stayed in a nice hotel, though. Uh, Steve, I work in a secondary school. I'm on holidays, but no lines for me. That's Sophie and Leightonstone. Isn't it lovely now the little kiddiewinks are on holiday? I'm so pleased... So pleased that they're not around anywhere. They, they, they now go around in marauding gangs. In my day, we, we did things useful. You know, we did things for the holiday. You know, you had stuff lined up. You, you went off and you did stuff and, and you made full use of your time. Nowadays, the kids don't want to do anything. They really do not want to do anything at all. They just, they just sort of want to hang out. You think they want to do something interesting, like go on a boat trip or, you know make something or go away, save up for holiday, do anything, I suppose. Uh, 84850, uh, steve at uk. Noreen says, hope you're well. You were lucky you didn't go up in flames when you set the kitchen on fire. Silly question, I expect, but why were your magic things in the saucepan on top of the oven? I know, I know. This morning it looked slightly worse. Everybody said that, everybody's worrying about it, but I mean... You know, they've been there for years. I never th- never thought about it. I did get the new lampshade. I put a 60-watt bulb in. still too bright. I think I need to change it for 25 watts. <laughs> I don't do bright lighting at all. She's going swimming later. I wish I could. But uh, yesterday, if you remember, my bits of my hand blistered and that burst on air. And there's now one, two, three. There's another three big blisters ready to go. <laughs> I came in this morning. She was being quite brave next door. She had a look. Oh, God, it looks worse, doesn't it? It, it, put it this way, as soon as it goes, I'll have all new skin underneath and it'll be all attractive and lovely and I'll look even more, even more gorgeous than I do at the moment. Not very likely, is it, I'm afraid. Not very likely. I had a letter in from Sue. And Sue was listening to uh, LBC just before James Wales. The presenter was discussing weight problems. Was that Julia? Was that Julia yesterday talking about weight problems? But anyway, uh, the second to last call... Oh, no, it was a man. Who was on just before? Who was on yesterday? Uh, da, da, da. Uh, Jay- Ian. Oh, no. Ian. No, not Ian. Yes, it was Ian. Ian Payne was on yesterday. And, um, and the second-to-last call, he took it about 1550, was from a lady called Jackie and Harrow. 
I recognised her voice straight away. It was an old and dear friend that I've sadly lost touch with for a few years. I tried to call LBC to ask if they could put us in touch. I would dearly love to get in touch with her, Steve. Is there anything LBC can do for me? I'm happy to have my number passed on to her. So Jackie and Hara, I'll, I'll pass it on to the producer of the programme. And maybe they, they can uh, have a look through the files and see if they can find it. It's nice when you hear things like that, isn't it? You can sort of put people in touch with people. Um, 84850. Uh, Chris has uh, <laughs> got, got some comments about uh, poor old Eamon Holmes. A man, of course, you remember, can't take a joke about himself. He became very funny, didn't he? Do you remember? Don't make jokes about me. You do remember? It was in all the papers. It was in the papers. That was where somebody had written something about him and he wrote in and it turned out he had no sense of humour at all, poor soul. I just wish he'd stay at home more. You know, that would make me feel a lot better about life. Stay at home more, keep the wife with you, because, frankly, you know, there are younger people coming up. Put Derbert O'Dreary on some programmes. Perhaps he'd be better as a guest than he is hosting, because I've, you know, I've, I've lost... Lost the will, I'm afraid. You know, as one does. 84850, uk, And uh, we've got the news headlines. These are the stories you're waking up to. Britain's to review its own security in the wake of the car bomb and mass shootings in Norway. David Cameron's also confirmed the government's investigating claims by the man believed responsible for killing 76 people that he's had links with far-right groups in England. The latest GDP figures, which measure growth, are out later and are expected to be weak. There's pressure on the government to rethink its plans, as some analysts think the economy should, uh, could shrink. And Amy Winehouse's funeral will take place today. The singer died on Saturday after a suspected drugs overdose. Let's have a check on the uh, state of the roads. That's £14. I can't believe he charged you. It's Jay Lewis. <laughs> the man's got to make money. Thank cool. you. In Battersea, York Road is... Nice to have your company. Welcome on to Tuesday morning in London town. Up to July the 26th. If you get paid monthly, you should have just got paid. So you're feeling probably, yeah, woo, 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 for big up for the paying department. We like the paying department. It makes you feel a bit better, actually. Makes you feel you can actually go out and sort of not look on the pot noodle shelf or the shelf that's got the red stickers on the food. Because you know it's going to be reduced. Although, to be quite honest, sometimes they have some very good bargains there. So here's uh, blubbing Fergie hitting a new low by dragging on the daughters. The, the camera in this programme, I don't know if you've seen any of them, they are quite ghastly. It's, it's finding Sarah. Sarah's quite clearly, you know, a, a child in an adult's body. But uh, at one point, it honed in on the Duchess's either red-eyed and bare-faced or with carefully applied eye makeup artfully trickling down her face. You've never seen anything like it. It's the biggest pile of garbage you've ever seen. Made by Oprah Winfrey's company. I don't know why Oprah, Oprah Winfrey feels the need to sort of toady up to Sarah Ferguson. She was written off here ages ago. People know what she is. She just wasn't very good at anything. So, you know, try it in America. And then, uh, can we drag the daughters in as well? Yes. And can, darling, Mummy's doing this programme to make some money. So, could you sort of, you know, I'm going to try and be honest with it. It's, it's like Kerry Katona sitting down with the children explaining cocaine addiction. You know, to a seven-year-old. It's, it's the same kind of thing. And, and it's, just, it's just embarrassing, I'm afraid. It's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing for everybody. Because people in the real world don't want to see that kind of thing unless you're a silly show-off. And, you know, and for that, you can put Jordan. Jordan's asking people to say, bless her heart. She's still going. She's still repeatedly dragging this carcass of a programme around with her. It's dying. It really is. It's not pulling an audience or anything at all. More people working on it. But uh, it's, it's nice to know that she's still having her makeup troweled on by little Gary. And, uh, and they're all very happy together. Unfortunately, though, 
It's that the programme's run out of steam. I think you, the British public, have decided that, you know, it was, it was a laugh, you know, for a while, and now it's just tedious, some old bag with a load of makeup on, droning on about her boring life. And uh, she's, she wants people to go out today and snog. Oof, dear me. How vile. She's, uh, she, I don't know, she's, she wants us to start snogging. She's, um, she's sort of decided we don't snog enough. And so she wants thousands of people onto the streets, so expect seven. There'll be the people who turn up for the dreary book signings. I'll keep sign this for Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Big fan of yours. That's it. It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, 84850. Want to reduce the stress in your life, says Stephen. Want to get a better take on the world? Want to lose weight? Want to go to work with a spring in your step? Then listen to the Steve Allen Show 5 till 7, LBC 97.3. It's cheaper than the prior, and you can podcast for the price of a pint. There you go. Perhaps that should be the slogan. Cheaper than the Priory, and you can podcast for the price of a pint. Because I'm constantly bumping into people. It's my inability to see anybody, I'm afraid, on the... And they always go, oh, you're you're Steve Allen. Like in the van shop in in Kingston. Still waiting for my extra pair of vans. Still waiting. But uh, I went out yesterday, got the car washed. They know in the car park now, I just drive in, and I walk away from the car, and when I go back, it's washed. Because I don't like dirty cars. I've got a thing about dirty cars. I don't know why. Some people thrive on dirty cars and it just the, the dirt is holding it together. In my case, I, I like a clean car. And then I was going to go to Reading and go and get a fire blanket. And, and I didn't go to Reading to get a fire blanket. Instead, I trolled around trying to find this lampshade. And eventually I bought two. So now... <laughs> I don't know what. Do you know, as I walked away with the second one, I thought, are you stupid? Everything in twos. So I get back and I sort of, you know, stand on my little stepladder and do the whole bit. And I've done that. And then I watered the hanging baskets and I gave them a good drenching. So that was very, very good. And, um, and then I sat down and watched a bit of television. And, I watched a bit of fi- and I've got some great films which arrived through today. Uh, but one is called Privilege. It's a 60s film, so way before your time. I've also I've got a, a Jelly Belly machine sent, which is quite nice which we like, the Jelly Belly Machine, and, and I've got Now Music 73 or something to listen to in the car later, because I think I've had another Jelly Belly Machine. It's an odd mix, isn't it? I've had the, another Jelly Belly Machine delivered, but it came via CityLink. And so I've got a... I'm going to have it in the car, yeah. Yeah, I should have it in the car, Jelly Belly Machine, for you when you sit in the back seat, dispensing goodwill and bonhomie to people as we stop at traffic lights. And, and I've got to go and collect it today, cleaning the windscreen. <laughs> I'm going to send her out there with a bucket and a squeegee later on. And... And I've got to go there, and, and to go and collect your, your own parcel, you have to produce either your passport, your driving licence, uh, or two utility bills, or bank statements. You seriously think I'm going to show people bank statements? No. They will put up with my photo card with Steve Allen on it and a photo of me, and that'll be it. If they don't do it that way, I shall sue. You know, it's as simple as that. Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, there's a, a, um, a thought that they might actually axe uh, BBC Three. I don't know why. BBC Three seems to turn out some quite good documentary. It's actually better than the other BBC's things, isn't it? Yeah, better than... B- no, BBC Three. It's better than BBC Four, exactly. So, I mean, because Gavin and Stacey was on BBC Three and then they moved it. There was loads of good things on there. So, so really, I mean, I don't think that's the right way forward to axe that. But they've also said that some radio stations could be axed. I think all local BBC could be axed. To be honest with you, you don't need it now. You really don't. There's so many... You know, you've got LBC... You've got Classic, you've got XFM, you've got Choice, you've got Capital Gold, you've got Capital, you've got Heart, you've got all the Heart-branded stations. And we own all of them. It's not bad, is it? You've got LBC News 1152. And other things to listen to. So that's good, isn't it? So most of us never talk about money. Apparently money is the top conversation killer for millions of people who say it's a subject we're least happy to discuss with our friends and colleagues. 
I don't mind discussing things with... I don't, you, you never discuss how much you earn, though, do you? Because that's always private. It's like saying to somebody, what did you vote in the last election? At, at one time, your parents told you what they voted. Now nobody discusses it. What did you vote? I'm not telling you. You're Tory, aren't you? I'm not telling you. You're Lib Dem. I'm not telling you. You're Labour, aren't you? You never tell people what you, what you vote nowadays. But, um, strangely enough, we, we, we don't discuss money worries. And that's the problem. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the people who haven't got any money who, who borrow to try and stay afloat. I'm thinking of America at the moment. Eight days or we're all in trouble. And, uh, and you look at some people and they, and they really struggle. They really struggle with money. But they don't tell their partner. So the first thing the partner knows is when the letters start arriving on the mat, when you're maxed out on your credit cards and you can't get any credit and the bank are going, listen, you need to come in and talk to us. Because if you don't come in and talk to us, we can't sort things out. And my advice was always, years ago, talk to the bank. I know, I was the, I was the world's worst. I was the world's worst. I, I could never keep a grip on money. No, I, I didn't know where it went to. I'm sure if I actually sat down and itemised it, I, I could see it. Now I'm actually very good. I'm actually much, much, so I should be, I should think. Uh, Amy Winehouse was, was not very good with money. She could spend, according to a close friend of hers writing in the uh, Mirror today, £1,000 a day on drugs. £1,000 a day on drugs. A thousand... Good God, that's, that's seven... £28,000 a month on drugs. Multiply that by, uh, by your 12 months. And you realise... And she used to live on bags of Haribo. I mean, is there no help for anybody who's doing a thousand pounds a day? This uh, this man who's uh, who's doing this story uh, is saying here that um, she paid his uh, one hundred and thirty thousand pounds for this young man to complete his rehab. She paid his rent. She did everything. In fact, it turns out she was funding quite a lot of people, including drug dealers, I suppose, in North London. Her family want to stave a mass- stage a massive uh, memorial concert. Dad Mitch wants to remember her musical legacy by inviting a string of stars to perform. Well, I could almost see that happening, couldn't you? Somebody's saying in the paper today that her record company should never have sent her back on the road. She was nowhere fit uh, to go back out there and endure the rigours of, uh, of touring. Strange, really, isn't it? But uh, So I suppose the there will be some sort of concert. I don't know, is she big enough to put a concert on? I mean, it's not like Live Aid or something like that. Do you think she could sell out somewhere like Hyde Park? Would that would that work? Be interesting, wouldn't it, to watch? See how they're going to do that. I don't want it to become deified, though. I really don't want any of this deification because you know drugs are wrong. Whichever way you look at them, on whatever level, drugs are wrong. Uh, this is wrong as well. It's a little baby elephant shackled. It's a zoo, um, and I don't know where the zoo is. It's um, a Malaysian zoo, I, th- I think. This is the, the same place that allowed the orangutan to become a chain smoker. Do you remember the orangutan that smokes? It's the same place. They've got a little elephant here who's trapped in, in squalor. It is the worst zoo in the world. And it is in Malaysia. And what they're doing is that they're saying contact to the Malaysian embassy and complain about it. It's just appalling, really. Absolutely. Mothers imitate their daughter's style, not the other way round. They do it because nobody wants to get old. The amount of people I've spoken to hate, hate the ageing process, and I include myself, I'm afraid. Nobody, like, you look in the mirror and you think... You, you, all of a sudden, you, you go from being what you think is fairly young and like, ooh, kind of stuff, to all of a sudden like, oh my God, even putting your socks on becomes a bit of an effort. And you have to start thinking, do I lean up against the fridge and do it? Because you can't balance on one leg. I know it sounds ridiculous, but all of a sudden I, I, have, I have an inability to put my socks on in the morning. 
I begin to think I should call nursery round or something, so I can sit on the bed. But years ago, you never thought about it, and all of a sudden, it becomes a little bit more, little bit more difficult, I'm afraid. Uh, Victoria and Carol are listening from uh, Phuket. Uh, are we excluded? Yes, you are, I'm afraid. You're definitely excluded. Uh, we don't have anybody in Phuket listening at all to this programme. It's ridiculous. Unless you send money. If you send money, you can listen to this programme. That's OK. Generally accepted would be, you know, sort of you know, some, something nice, I suppose. On top of that, I live in Tokyo, and my friends and I are regular listeners to your show. So you should be. Everybody seems to be a regular listener at the moment, which is very good. Mark the bailiff's up. Morning, Mark. Uh, Simon says, uh, a couple of months ago, I had a nice lady knock on my door uh, and ask if I listened to the radio. They're dead nosy, some neighbours, aren't they? I'd have shut the door and go, mind your own business. She said she was from uh, Mori and asked me to fill a radio diary for a week, which I did. You know the other comments I put? LBC, Steve Allen, brilliant listening, the bitch of broadcasting. As long as you put down, you listen to Steve Allen's show all the way through. That's, I'm more than happy with that. See, the trouble is, though, if, if one person... I filled my own in one year. Years and years ago, about 20 years ago, I got stopped on the way home. And, um, and the, <laughs> it's a woman saying, I'm just doing a survey. What, what, what do you listen... Which radio stations do you listen to? LBC. And uh, which, which put Steve Allen? Listen to Steve Allen. And uh, what time does he start? He starts at one. What time do you finish? Listen at five. And you listen, do you listen every night? Four nights a week, Steve Allen. Listen to him. And, uh, and then when the figures came out, they were fantastic. I thought, that's me. I've actually manipulated my own figures. How cool was that? <laughs> and it's worked like that ever since, you know. If you're sick and tired of your job... Um. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. You're tuned to LBC 97.3. I'm Steve Allen with you. And t- I nearly said 10 o'clock this morning. I thought I'd be intruding on, on Boris's breakfast show this morning, as he's here doing it from 9 till 10. I shall be listening carefully. I might better pick up a few hints. You know, I never, he might have a few little tricks up his sleeve. He might be sort of holding back, and all of a sudden he goes in and... We'll have to find out a little bit uh, later on this morning, as indeed you will. Um, I'm trying to find a story in the paper. I don't want to do anything about snogging, so I've decided it's a bit silly. And um, they uh, they actually want to beat the world's snogging record. Does anybody bother with the Guinness Book of Records anymore? You know, you used to get it years ago, and you go, oh, I wonder who's eaten the most snails in two minutes or something like that. I used to watch Record Breakers with Roy Castle on television. Because I like that, because I like Roy Castle. I thought it was a nice, it was a good programme. That was him and Cheryl, and it was, it was just good. It was sort of, it was, it was better times on the television. Well, I thought it was better times, but there again, I'm, uh, I'm very, very, uh, uh, very old-fashioned. Colin says it might be a great help to many of your listeners if you were to describe whatever it was you did to change your money management skills. Um, to change my money, ma- I just became more responsible. I became more responsible. I remember years and 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 years ago uh, getting a tax bill in, and I unwisely had not saved the tax. And, of course, that's not an excuse for the tax man. They're not particularly interested. So uh, after that little shock, you know, when the tax man chases you up for this money, uh, I then decided that I was, I was going to be a little bit better. But I'm helped, you see. I'm, I'm, I'm still not particularly good. I can take money out of the diddly-dip machine. I'm quite good with that. Although yesterday, it took for ages. I thought the machine was going to eat the card. And it just sat there and said, we are, we are checking, check... Oh, don't check much longer, for goodness sake. And, and I've got people that look after my money for me. So, you know, my money comes in. I've got a very, very useful um, young lady who uh, transfers it to different accounts, puts it in the tax account, and says, right, I've paid this bill off, we've paid that one off there, and I've given you this much to spend for the month. It's all my money. I can do what I want with it. I'm not, you know, not sort of uh, childlike with it at all. But it's so we know where it all is. 
and and that's it. It's but if if you if you do get yourself into difficulties with money, the first place you go to is the bank. That's the very first place. Citizens Advice are good as well. If you go to Citizens Advice Bureaus, they can help you. If they're still going, are they still going, Citizens Advice Bureaus? And then you go and have a chat to them, and they can sit down with you. It's not pleasant, because all they're going to do is tell you what you know anyway. And they will sit down and go, right, how much do you have coming in per month? OK, you've got that much coming in. Right, let's start looking. Rent, mortgage, what have you got? Uh, bills, and you do that line there. OK, that's what's going out. Anything else coming in? No. Well, quite clearly, you've overspent. And that's the problem. It's the overspending. It's cutting back. Some people don't, don't like cutting back. But you have to be able to do it. And you'll, you'll discover, as you get a bit older, as many of you have discovered already, probably, that when you do get to a certain age, you do become a bit more responsible with money. Might be some elderly people listening. I was talking to, um, to uh, Michael. The other, oh, furious. The hairdresser, Michael, was furious. Because I described him as fat on the Sunday show, which, of course, he is. But he loves cooking. And, unfortunately, the two don't go together. You've only got to look at poor old Rosemary Schrager on the television, who is as big as a whale, and yet cooks food. If you, if you cook food, some people... Even Gordon Ramsay must be prone to putting on a bit of weight. That's why he does so much running around the kitchen. And, and people taste it, and Brian... There's another guy called Brian Sumter, I forget who he is. But he's also put a lot of weight. Lots of the chefs get fatter and fatter and fatter. And, uh, and we were talking the other day about... Um, about why people do a different price for pensioners, for, for haircuts. So, in other words, it'll be, say, for, for me, it'll be £10. For pensioners, it'll be £5. And, and I said, no, but f- I said for pensioners, it's £5. For me, it, it's £10. No, for me it's, for me, it's £10, but for pensioners, it's £5. And we were arguing over, why would it be cheaper for pensioners? And the argument is that pensioners never had as much money. Well, today's pensioners are different, Today's pensioners do have a lot more money than, you know, most of them do. They really do. I know lots of pensioners have got cars, their mortgages are paid off, they've, you know, they, they've got all of this, and, and they've got a bit more money to play with. So it's, it's a bit difficult now, whereas years ago, once people became a pensioner, they then started saying, oh, you know, they've got to rein in on this and that. Well, lots of people don't. Lots of people don't. So I, I was saying, I think you, you, you could almost move them up roughly on a level, which, of course, he won't, because he's, uh, he's a bit like that. And he likes, um, he likes the pensioners going in there. And, and also, people have been going to the same place for, for years. And they like, you know, a certain style. It's like, you know, I've been going to get my hair cut at a certain place. Uh, 84850. What about Surrey? Can I still text? Well, Surrey, you're OK. Surrey's all right, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, Surrey. I think that's not too bad, actually. Not too... Surrey. Not too... Is Surrey good? I'm trying to remember. Surrey... Yes, Surrey's okay. Surrey's good. Kent's a little bit too far. I know it's the Garden of England, but it's a bit too far. And because it doesn't feature in our surveys, and that's, I wish it did. I wish LBC was national. That makes it so much easier. So much easier. Uh, greetings from Dublin. And uh, yes, we can still afford the internet. <laughs> yeah, only because we've given you the money, that's why. Only because we've helped you out. Have you notice everybody's barmy with money now. I'm managing my money. America can't manage its money. Eight days to sort themselves out. Joanna says, don't be tempted to pop your blisters. Oh, don't. I don't it's just, I feel like I've got some dreadful illness from the 15th century. Yes, I don't want to do it in front of Dervla Kerwin later on today. Or even Jackie Smith, who's in doing the papers with, with Nick Ferrari. Or even Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee. <gasps> Grief. Uh, say happy birthday to Irene. Irene Bruce in Finchley from the Duchess. Irene Bruce. Oh, lovely. Uh, I must get myself a copy of Privilege, Steve, says, uh, says Joanna. And hello to the working men on the building site next to Twickenham Station, says Joe in New Malden. Is that the, um, 
they're, they're putting up a travel lodge, aren't they? I think it's next to the Regal House, which used to be the site of a big cinema in the early days. I don't remember it, but I've seen pictures. And uh, they're putting up a travel lodge, because when they first put it, I thought they were putting up a prison, to be honest with you, because it was all metal and the rooms were quite small. And I don't, I've only ever stayed in a travel lodge once, and that was down uh, at Northfield, and I liked it there, because the lady on reception, her and her husband, were listeners. Didn't have the heart to tell them they didn't figure in the ratings either. But I, d- I did get uh, all the information about all their uh, their radiators on the wall, and that's why my brother's place is now very, very warm. Uh, Jackie from Harrow is up and listening. I'd be happy to hear from Long Lost Friend. I wonder who it is. Oh, right, this is... Oh, right, this is, this is Jackie in Harrow. Uh, Jackie, I'll tell you who it is. It's Sue. And uh, that's all I can tell you. So uh, if you send us your uh, phone number, I'll put you in contact with each other. So there you go. Did you phone yesterday? Did you phone on, on LBC talking about um, weight problems? If so, it could be you, Jackie and Harrow. Who is this long-lost friend? Sue. Sue Hill mean anything? Let me know and we'll put you in contact with each other. What all the, it's like two-way family favourites, isn't it? I feel, like, I, feel like, I feel like I've done something useful today. Even though my arm is throbbing and I shall never, ever have anything on the sink again or on the, uh, on the side of the, <laughs> the oven. It... It, uh, nothing that can blow up, I think. It does hurt, though, but luckily I'm a trooper. I'm OK. I'm not going to moan about it much. Quarter past six. These headlines with Sam Pittis. The London Chamber of Commerce says... For Nick Ferrari. Oh, dear. I'm a bit worried by this. Nick Ferrari one day, Steve Allen show the next. Boris in later on today. There's a, a motorist here in the paper steering with his knees while he made a call on one mobile phone and texted on another Silly little David Secker, 34, with the mental age of a cabbage, uh, was found guilty of using a mobile whilst driving, having no insurance and not being in a position to have proper control of a vehicle. What a silly little girl's blouse he turned out to be, I'm afraid. And um, they're, they're talking about mum's fashion again today. There's another picture of Carol Vorderman and, uh, and her daughter. And what is it about mothers dressing as their daughter? Not everybody, but mothers dressing as daughters. Uh, they've also got Sarah Ferguson and her two daughters. Sarah thinking she's the same age as the two daughters. It's it's not quite right, is it? They've got also um, uh, Kate and Carol Middleton. They both dress very young for their age. Is there anything the matter with that? 84850, steve at Have you ever had Neighbours from Hell? Because there's some Neighbours from Hell in the paper today, a shameless-style family, uh, Lorraine Reed. Lorraine is... Is one of those people you don't want living next door to you. Her daughter was working as a hooker in the same house, and the neighbours were treated to the delights of, uh, of her daughter, swearing, slamming doors, fighting and blaring music. They, uh, they racially abused people who lived in the area, and her daughter performed sex acts out on the street. What a disgusting family. And uh, this was in Oxford. Finally, uh, they had 150 complaints in two years, and finally the police managed to kick this bunch of bozos out... Clerical worker Michelle Gillen says, I've been really stressed. I've been off work for two weeks. But uh, anyway, Oxford magistrates said that Reed, 59, actually, to be honest with you, she doesn't look 59, moved in with her son Kevin and various grandchildren. <laughs> Whatever. What a disgusting family. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you get these families. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do about people like that, apart from kick them out. But what a disgusting family. You lowlife. You lowlifes. Have you changed your style of dress to suit your age? Do you think you dress your age? Because I don't know whether or not, and it would have to be other people who would tell you, 
you get to a certain age and you need to kick your wardrobe into touch and start wearing different clothes. If, if you're a lady, you have to start wearing little old lady pillbox hats and sensible shoes and dark colour tights. And men as well. I'm not saying you want to wear little pillbox hats and dress like little old ladies. Some of you might want to. You know, you're very welcome. And uh, I'll just be curious to know whether or not you dress, you think you dress your age or do you think you're a bit mutton as mutton? Do you, do you sometimes look at yourself in the mirror and think, mm, that's really good? I used to watch this programme on the television where they take people who dress really badly and then pod, this peculiar computer thing, sort of says, you know, snog, marry, avoid. Most of them are just disgusting show-offs. And uh, we had one on the television this morning. I mean, a more ridiculous uh, chav you'd be hard-pushed to find. Little pink hot pants, but she was as fat as a whale, with a little tiny bra, bleached hair... Hair extensions and so much makeup on. She looked a little bit like an overweight version of Jordan. It was really quite tacky. And then when they'd taken all her makeup off and put her in normal clothes, she looked almost human. Almost human. She looked, and people were then going, Oh, she looks like a nice person. But before that, she was one of those silly little show offs that you see. We see them in, on a Friday night in Leicester Square, the hen parties. Oh my God. Nothing worse than a lot of people, you know, one dressed as the bride, barely able to stand up with learner plates on the back. I mean, and you know damn well she's been round the block about half a dozen times. And you get them dragging themselves around Leicester Square. Oh, it's quite ghastly. So have you changed your style of, of attire to suit your age? Because I don't know what you're supposed to wear at a certain age. Some people, like, um, like Piers Morgan, have discovered it's so much easier just to wear a suit. The same suit, well, obviously different suits, but with a white shirt. And that's his look. That's what... Richard Park does it here. Richard Park has his suit on and a white shirt. And, and, and it's that debonair look. So, in other words, if ever I saw Richard in a pair of jeans, I'd probably fall over backwards, because I wouldn't be expecting to see him in a pair of jeans. Every time you see Simon Cowell, he's got the outfit. That's his outfit that he wears. Whether or not you think it suits him or not, it makes no difference. He thinks he looks right in that. Have you changed your style to suit your age? That's, that's to men as well as ladies. Uh, 84850, she's managed to find a completely new number for us today to put up here. Uh, 84850 or LBC 973. Okay, <laughs> I won't give you the new number, because it's not a new number at all. She's just decided to make one up. So, let us know. Oh, and the, the, the Glee characters. Remember I told you last week they were going to get rid of um, uh, Chris, Corey and uh, Leia? Well, they're not going. They're staying with Glee. Uh, Chris is the very camp one. I mean, so camp. I mean, he is almost over the other side in terms of uh, camp. And uh, it's Chris Colfer. Actually, I googled him the other day because he, he's got actually not a bad singing voice. Not a bad singing voice at all. But I haven't watched Glee. I can't, I can't quite get into it. I'm not very good. Uh, right, Nick Ferrari this morning, Jackie Smith, looking at the papers. Uh, they're also looking at uh, GDP. How do you feel the economy has fared? Uh, and they'll be looking at the high street. Uh, plus, today, uh, one year to go, and the Sports Legacy Fund. Uh, the former Deputy Mayor of London, for young people, will be in the studio. And um, what else have we got? There's GDP figures. I mean, that's, that's all important, I think. And also, well done to Norman Barrett, MBE, who was inducted into the International Hall of Fame at the weekend. A very high honour for people in circus, so well done to Norman Barrett. I think he's the only ringmaster ever to have got... An MBE. He comes from from Blackpool. So, not all bad things are out of Blackpool. First appeared at the age of 12 in uh, in the ring, working as a circus. 
He did 25 years at Blackpool Tower Circus. He's been ringmaster with Zippo's Circus since 2001, where he also does his budgie act. He's got a budgie act. I love budgies. He makes them go up little things and come to... It's quite sweet, age. You'd like it, Amanda. People the same size as you. You'd really like it. You feel a kinship to them. Uh, now, the winner of Friday Morning Special on the Steve Allen Show for the Sony Vio laptop is a huge fan of LBC. She listens from morning until night every day, but she would like to remain anonymous. And she placed her winning bid for the Sony Vio laptop. 18 pence she got it for. 18 pence. So well done, anonymous. Uh, the winner of yesterday's special for the Apple iPad and leather smart cover is Stephen from Dunstable. How much did he get the iPad 2 and the leather cover for? £1.60. One pound, I think that was one of my guesses as well. And that was at 9.48 and 12 seconds. So well done, Stephen in Dunstable. Congratulations, and congratulations to everybody else who, who we've had. We've had loads of winners this year, loads of winners. And if uh, you've not been lucky, who knows? Could be your uh, your turn very, very shortly. Thursday, 28th of July, the man who fooled Penn and Teller is the fabulous Graham Jolly, and he's going to be in Conjuring at the Court. And they've got a ventriloquist, John Kimmons. Even grumpy Simon Cowell admitted, I don't normally like ventriloquists, but that was very good. And this is at Drayton Court. They've got a, a website, which is conjuringatthecourt.com. Doors open 7.30, and uh, show starts at 8 and runs to about 10pm with an interval. Tickets for a tenner. OK, see, we love Graham Jolly. We think Graham Jolly's fab. He's really lovely. And so it's conjuringatthecourt.com. Good luck to uh, everybody down there. Have you changed your style of dress to suit your age? Until somebody tells... I mean, do, do people say to you, it's not for you, that outfit. That's not for you. I mean, do, do, you, do you discover that more and more these days? <clears throat> Steve? <coughs> oh, this, uh, this is the one from Ireland again. We greatly appreciate the loan. Don't worry, you'll, you'll pay. Uh, Mike, on the Isle of Dogs, says that pensioners should always pay full price. They've had longer to save the money. <laughs> what about male haircuts? They're five pounds, yet female are double that. I'm female and wanted mine shaved, so I went to a male barber. They had No, you can do that. You can go to the barbers in, in Twickenham, to Mike's place, in Water Lane. They'll actually cut ladies' hair. Mariosh cuts ladies' hair, and, uh, and Kasha as well. They both cut ladies' hair. So wh why, why should lady? I know, listen, I'm, I'm probably doing people out of business, but ladies pay a lot of money to get their hair cut, because you want it cut and coloured and stuff like that. And, um, you know, if, if you go into one of these places, if you just want it sort of cut short, they'll actually do it for you. Carol says, I thought pensioners had less hair. I don't know. Uh, Steve, £5 for your haircut, you mean? I thought, no, I'm not... I'm, I'm a tenner, me. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, West Londoner. Um, 84850. Please do not exclude the whole of Kent. You'll lose your lovely listeners from Beckenham, Bromley, Eltham and Dustin on the Please and Mary. <laughs> it's so awful. Uh, Neil says, can you say happy third anniversary to my wife, Sandy? Lovely. And Bridget says, can I listen to the show in Hertfordshire? You can all listen. You can all listen because... It, but you just don't figure in my figures. I wish you did. God, I wish there was a way of corralling you all in and saying, come on, feature in my figures. And, um, and Amanda says, I'm dreading the day. I can't wear my denim shorts. I reckon I've got three years. You think? OK, fine. OK. As long as you're happy with that. I did walk behind somebody the other day who was wearing a pair of shorts and they were cut very short. I mean, almost too short. Even by my standards, they were too short. And I thought, that's, I mean, because I mean, I, I don't wear very tight shorts much around the house anymore too soon. <laughs> so dignified, the people in Oslo yesterday. Just no, 
You know, just standing there listening, no heckling, no nothing at all. You know, no, why didn't somebody do something? It turns out the security services knew about this man. They knew about this man beforehand. And uh, really, just just to me, they've got the the leader of the Labour Youth Movement on the table, addressing people. They've got a Labour Youth Movement, and they they put these people. They're all very articulate. Everybody looks nice, and they're very very nice people. Uh, I saw Paul the other day in Kingston. He was asking about my burns. He said, "I forgot to ask you about the fire blanket, but as you said you didn't get it. I got one from Lakeland yesterday. I didn't know that they did it. No, don't. I, I shall go and get myself one later. I've got to go and try and." trace up this this parcel uh gordon says so we obviously don't count out here in the country after all those years all those bottles at christmas all the shows it's, 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 it's you don't feature in my figures that's I, I wish you did i think it's terribly depressing that you don't i wish i wish that we could sort of say the further out you go you know we, we could do a big sweep of people but but you're not in the figures terrible isn't it really I thought I should get my money back, actually. Uh, that zoo in Malaysia, uh, I've been there, says Martin. Biggest disappointment ever. Big big sign saying in Malay and English, don't feed the animals. And the kids leaning over a wall feeding a crocodile crisps. And um, apparently you, you can feed the elephants if you pay. Well, there you go. Funny, he said, every time you say something on your show, it triggers a memory. I know, I tend to find that myself, actually. I'll mention something. and uh, And it's there. Uh, this is one from G in Hong Kong. It says, uh, I, I, I shall always feel good to have a second morning at 1pm, so I, I shall continue my voyeur into your show, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I just wish I could manage to get... Can you imagine if every single person who wrote in around the world featured the figures? God, I'd be laughing here. I haven't thrown out any of my outfits, but I have found myself, says Lynn, looking at items and being tempted, and then realising I was still dressing my inner teenager. That, that is a problem, isn't it? It is a problem. I mean, at what age? I mean, should you, if you're a pensioner, go out in shorts? You know, I mean, can you wear... You can do long shorts, can't you? I mean, should you always, if, if, if you've got bad legs, should you always wear tights? You know, should... Oh, right, if you've got bad legs, no matter how old you... You should always wear, wear tights, then, you think? You should always wear tights? Yeah. Some girl, 20, with very, very short skirts, and they haven't got the legs for them. But those I tap on the shoulder. Excuse me. Too fat. Sorry about that. Eat, eat a bit more at the salad bar. Well, you do see people wearing... I mean, it does tend to be some quite large girls wearing some outfits which are wholly inappropriate. And the one thing I see in the morning, and to be honest with you, it, it's... I worry, but not for me, but for them, schoolgirls wearing skirts which perhaps they've been wearing all their school years. As they're going up the stairs in front of me, they're constantly pulling the skirt down at the back. I'm thinking, why aren't you wearing a proper size skirt? That's, that's why there are loonies out there. You know, you don't give people any opportunity to be, a, a, you know, somebody voyeuristic. And you see these schoolgirls. There's a couple who stand in the morning at the bus stop, and their skirts are too short. You know, they, they might be fine, perhaps on a little nine-year-old, not on a girl of 14. It's wholly inappropriate. How the parents let them go out dressed like that, I've got no idea. Really bad. But, it's, but it is the people who tend to be a bit larger. Some of them, especially around our way, wearing little... I told you, I saw a woman... In Teddington, she was just come around the corner. Thank God she never got as far as Twickenham, because uh, she'd be hanging from a lamppost, I should imagine. And she was enormous, with a crop top on. A crop top and a pair of shorts. I mean, that is just a no-no. It's, you know, no matter, you know, whatever it is, it's a no-no. I went to Saturday morning pictures at the ABC Regal Twickenham when Teddington Savoy closed. Great shame to see them knocked down, says Brian. Actually, if you, if you send, um, I'd, I'd love some pictures... Anybody listening who's, who's a member of a cinema club, are there any pictures of the Regal in Twickenham? 
I'd love to see them. I'd love one of those postcards. I like, I like postcards. And uh, Christine is in Bristol. <clears throat> says, please don't say I can't listen to you. I love your programme. Cheer me up. Cheers me up as well, knowing the fact you're listening. I just wish you featured in the figures. Can't keep saying it, because, because you don't. Which is a shame. Um, Rogan and Broadstairs. Broadstairs. Do you know I looked at a house in Broadstairs? Not, not physically looked at a house. Thank you, Popsy. What? How could you not physically... If you looked at a house... Because I, was, I hadn't finished telling my story. I looked at it because it was in Country Life. And it was Charles Dickens's former house. And it's overlooking... Have you ever been to Broadstairs? You'd like it. It's quite old-fashioned. You'd really like it. And it's... It'd fit in very well with one of those ruched blouses on. I could see you. Tea? Coffee? Would you like the set meal? We think that's one thing that ladies of a certain age shouldn't wear. Those ruffly blouses at the front that make you look like Sybil Fawlty. You never, ever wear those because... And she always had her hair done. Mind you, my friend Jackie has her hair done all the time. I don't think she's ever done her own hair. She always has it done. You know, it's one of those sort of... She doesn't look at it... It's like me getting my shirts ironed and stuff. I don't look at that as a luxury. I look at that as a necessity now. You know, I don't mind paying somebody to wash and iron my shirts. Because, to be honest with you, I'm blooming useless. Absolutely useless. Uh, I saw the pictures... Of the air hostess thing, says Michael. And uh, have a look at how you're dressed. Iffy shoes, jeans, mushroom jacket and your shirt hanging out like a teenager. Well, no. <laughs> Fabulous, isn't it? What a look. That encourages more people to go to the site and have a look at lbc.co.uk. Iffy shoes, they're vans, excuse me. Iffy shoes, they're vans. They could be argued for... Uh, no, they're only for teenagers if they're the uh, the checkerboard design or the uh, the other ones. But the plain... Well, the plain ones I like. Jeans. What's matter with jeans? Jeans are fine. Uh, mushroom jacket. That was a £150 jacket, actually. A very expensive jacket. And the shirt hanging out. When you're a little bit overweight, Michael, as you know, you know, you do tend to wear the shirt over your trousers because there's nothing worse than if you're not and you tuck it in. doesn't quite look the same. And, uh, Steve, shame about your figures. I know at least 20 people that tune in to you, so Stephen Lee's it. Do you want me to tell them to switch off? I think you're all missing the point of this one, actually. I think you're kind of missing the point that uh, you just don't feature in my figures. That's all I'm telling you. You don't feature. I couldn't care less where you are. It doesn't make any difference to me. But if you're in Leeds and Bradford, you don't feature in my... You don't feature in anybody's figures. If we're in London... Like, I don't feature in BBC Local Leeds, whatever that is. I don't feature in their figures, either. Because it's a, it's a local station. We're a London radio station. Not a Leeds and Bradford radio station. The fact you're listening on the internet is neither here nor there to me. It's just that you don't feature in my figures. Um, John in Harrow says, Where physically is the money that America's economy is due to run out of in a few days' time? It's gone. It's gone. They burnt it all. All in my kitchen. On the Saturday night, a whoosh. All went up at the same time. She's ghastly, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, uh, should not the price you pay the barber depend on how follically challenged you are? In my case, it should be about 60p, says Bob. No, because I think the shorter your hair is... The more often... I mean, I need my hair cutting every week and a half because it, it grows back that quickly. So every week and a half, you need to have it done. If, if you've got longer hair, you know, you have it cut so it, it starts growing longer. And uh, so I remember somebody saying to me, oh, you actually need that, don't you? Uh, what happened to the pictures of the hanging basket, says Gordon in Betchworth? They're not looking as good this year, you know. I might take... I'll, I'll, I'll take some pictures of this weekend. I'll have to rearrange things a little bit. They'd, I don't think they look as good as... No, I'm not going to buy some more. No, I'm, I'll, I'll keep the same ones, but I, I might just have to sort of rearrange them so they look nicer. <laughs> They're all right. There's nothing the matter with them. There's lots of purple and, you know, red and everything else, and I've got lots of um, um, tubs planted out. But I don't think they look as good, the basket. Even Paul Cooper admitted that the baskets this year were not as good 
as the baskets laugh last year. Uh, Blakefield are civil, not going to the funeral. They've decided they're not letting him out of prison for that one. Although, to be honest with you, he was the one that told her to go away. She bombarded him after the uh, tour. Then they've got her, her ex-boyfriend, or uh, current boyfriend, I think this must be, Reg Travis. And uh, he, he's done an interview in the paper. There's all sorts of stuff about Amy Winehouse saying here that she'd been upbeat and full of life in the days leading to her death. Well, quite clearly. But obviously something on that particular day, and we don't know what it is yet, um, changed very, very quickly. Uh, sales of Amy's albums have risen 37-fold. Um, meanwhile, Microsoft apologised for its Twitter tribute to Amy, which encouraged fans to buy her music from its media store. Critics said it was cheap and crass. And um, so her, her Back to Black remained at number one in the iTunes album chart. Amazing, isn't it? How people... So, somebody dies and then all of a sudden people rediscover them and they start going out and, and buying the music again. The family apparently wants to put on a concert. I'm not really sure, you know, what, what purpose that would solve. Unless you put on a concert and all the money goes to drug rehabilitation. That would be good. I'd, I'd, go, I'd go for that idea. She's going to be cremated today and her ashes mixed with those of her beloved grandmother. Funeral's going to be held at uh, Golders Green Crematorium at uh, 3pm. And a family friend said, we all hope Amy can finally find some peace. I think she found that on Saturday afternoon. Although, as I say, if she's um, being contacted, or the family being contacted by Sally Morgan, never want to miss a trick, I think. As I say, we were all guessing earlier on what we think Sally Morgan, psychic to the stars, will be saying, yes, she's at peace now. She says not to worry, she's finally fine, and all the rest of it. It's a load of old rubbish, isn't it, really? And um, strange, that, isn't it? Amanda says she was actually going to download Back to Black on Friday, but decided to wait until payday on Monday. That's bizarre. It's all these things, isn't it, when you sort of look at something like that. I mean, I, I remember sort of reading it, and you know sometimes you, you, you hear a rumour about somebody in the business, and you think, oh, there's a rumour that you're going to read a story about so-and-so. And, and I've mentioned it on the programme, and then two weeks later, blow me down, something happens with the particular celebrity. And you're not sure if you're psychic, because I think I'm far more psychic than, than uh, little, little Sally Morgan. In fact, I think anybody, I think our cat's more psychic than Sally Morgan. Um, and uh, Ali Ross today, talking about, um, what is he talking about? Curb your enthusiasm for every Larry Sanders show, a Bob Martin. I don't like the Larry Sanders show. I must be the only one who doesn't like it. I'm not big in those sort of things. But um, he says, um, here, talk about embarrassing bodies. Have you ever seen embarrassing bodies? Dear me, what a peculiar programme. It really is very, very odd. And random TV irritation. I'm delighted to say that Ali Ross is finally on side with me. Sarah Millican on absolutely blooming everything. Darling, stay at home. We're fed up with you already. This morning's guest list, averaging 9.3 trannies a month. And all those ghoulish rubberneckers who've turned up outside Amy Winehouse's flat. Dreadful. But uh, Sarah Millican, y- yesterday I turned on loose. There she is again. I'm bored with you already, dear. It's a thin joke. It's gone too far, OK? Stay at home. Rita says, I've changed the way I dress. I used to wear little shorts with a bib with elasticated legs and a nappy underneath. But now, at the tender age of 50, I find it much better to dress classically. See, I, la- I don't know. I think the bib look is actually quite good. I'm, I'm hoping to bring it back, you know. Quarter seven, headlines with Sam Pittis. The London Chamber of... <laughs> Morning, everybody. Boris with you at nine o'clock this morning. Easing him in gently, I think. Uh, it's 11 minutes to uh, 7. And um, Paul says, I, I did see 
the last few minutes of Loose Women. I assumed it was from last week because it had Richard Fleishman on plugging ghosts. I felt sorry for the lad, other than the fact they were all slobbering all over him. I know, there's nothing worse than that slobbering that goes on. It's just, it's just so tacky. It's awful. But then we were subjected to two himbos minus 90% of their clothes doing the potter's wheel scene very badly and he had to judge them. It, I mean, it, it was absolutely dreadful. It was totally sexist. Totally sexist. But that's, that, that's the whole basis of the programme. Small wonder they need to kick some... Uh, some, some bottoms on it, I think. And he um, says, an idea for Big Brother. Why not Mr Dowling, Fergie and Miss Katona? All put in the house, the prize being a one-way ticket to just about anywhere. I agree with you. I agree. I can't think of anything worse, actually. Uh, and Richard says, interesting to hear you talk about the film Privilege. He said, I remember when it came out, it was nearly banned because of the subject matter, a totalitarian state in England, overseen by the church with the sanction of the archbishops. But uh, there's the, the great song, I've Been a Bad, Bad Boy, my favourite Paul Jones song. One of the shortest songs on record. I think if memory serves me, and this is how, how good I am, it ran for two minutes, 16 seconds. I've Been a Bad, Bad Boy. Great song. Uh, to, uh, I haven't seen the film, strange enough. I don't know why I didn't see it. I remember seeing Up the Junction and Poor Cow and things like that. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Privilege. It will be a, a, little, um, a little memory, a little trip down memory lane. Uh, Stephen Slough says, our daughter used to leave home in the morning wearing a perfectly sensible skirt, but on the way to school she would shorten it by rolling up the waistband and would end up wearing a mini. She did it next door. It's quite normal, I'm afraid. It's, it's, it's quite normal. You go out there and you go, yes, I'm going to wear this. I used to do the same. You know, I used to do this. Shorten my skirt as I was going to school. <laughs> Very popular. Cathy from Catford says, if I put all five radios in my house on, will it count as five lots of listening figures? Oh, do you know, I wish... I wish. Wouldn't it be lovely if it did, actually? Buy your own clippers, says Dave. I paid 13 qu- 30 quid 15 years ago. Never visited a barber again. Oh, no, I need somebody to do it. I can't be doing my own hair. Some people are very good at it, actually. Uh, Mark in Brentwood says, Can you say hi to my housemate Stevie, who's training at Chelmsford Police to become a special while still pursuing an acting career, and to his girlfriend Katie, who's coming back from three months performing in Disneyland Paris. It's a small world in the morning. I love that song. Used to actually drive you round the bend. So, uh, Stevie, training at Chelmsford Police. Uh, Chelmsford Market's very nice. We like Chelmsford Market. That's very good. Um, uh, somebody is split up from the Anyways Essex. I won't bother boring you with who they are. And Jeff Brazier apparently split from his girlfriend, Claire. It was only a short while ago. He was telling us all about her and featuring her in magazine interviews. Now he said it's sad it didn't work out. It was a friendly split. Oh, blimey. Hopeless, isn't it, really? And uh, what else was in the paper? Oh, somebody says here... This is Stuart the Bald Cabby. I've seen your photo on the LBC app. Do you pay full price for that haircut? I think you should get something off or a free wet shave as it looks a little bit thin on top. A little bit thin on top? That's an understatement. It's certainly a little bit more than a little bit thin on top. But uh, I don't mind. I'm not bothered by that at all. Have you changed your style of dress to suit your age? Do let me know. 84850 LBC 973. Have you changed your, your style? I'm just looking, actually, at... Because uh, we've got so many in-conversations to, uh, to get through today on the programme. It's going to be very good. And uh, we're going to be very tired at the end of it, but we're trying out a new studio, so you'll have to let us know if you hear the difference, if you're in Cardiff or something like that. Do we have listeners in Cardiff? I suppose we have. We've got people all around the world. I see no reason why we shouldn't have you in, uh, in Cardiff as well. Um, I like this one here. Uh, the uh, Could you give our charity, Irish Support and Advice Centre, a mention? We're having a fundraiser on uh, Saturday which is the 30th from 7 till 10, a line dance social. Don't laugh. It's great fun at St Augustine Social Club, which is Fulham Palace Road, Hammersmith W6. 
Thank you, Ma. OK, I hope you enjoy that. I used to live in Twickenham years ago. Barely recognise it. I know the hanging baskets are looking good, though. Twickenham's hanging baskets are quite something. Very nice indeed. Very good. And um, says here, I noticed Googie Withers died in Australia, says Martin. Where have you been? You died last week. We did it on LBC immediately. I can't believe somebody's that... Do you not check anything in the newspapers? Googie Withers was 90... I think she was 94. I think she was 94. Uh, Somebody said, try Nelson's cream... Uh, you mentioned me earlier, but went off on one, mentioning Bleak House, which is for sale. Amazon do it. Bleak House? No, I've, the, the, I've got all these DVDs. I haven't found the time to watch the blooming things at the moment. It's dreadful. Uh, a lot of people saying that they have changed the way they dress after seeing themselves in photos. I've got a number of people who've, who've been to the shows, when we've done our live shows, and uh, we've had a look at the pictures of them afterwards. And, and they've got, you know, I've started, I thought, I must go on a diet, or I must do this, or I must do that. Because you suddenly realise, who did? Oh, Christo went on a huge diet, because he had a picture of himself taken with me. I charged him for it, of course. And, um, and he said the moment he saw it, he was horrified. And he said, I, I went on, um, on a major diet. I mean, it didn't work, to be honest with you, it didn't work. I think he's back, not, uh, not tomorrow. I th- we think it's tomorrow, is it? Oh, what, Wednesday into Thursday, do we think? Okay, eight four eight five zero. LBC is now on the national DAB platform. So yes, much as it's London's biggest conversation, it's national as well. And eight four eight five zero. Steve is LBC dot co dot uk. He said, "I shall keep on listening." Says Paul. I'm sorry, Londoners don't want us. No, it's not a case we don't want it. It's because you don't feature in our figures. I wish you featured in the figures. Wouldn't it make it so much easier? God blimey, we're huge. Actually, mega huge. No, I mean, anybody can listen to a radio station, and. Uh, he says, uh, it's, it, it's just one of those things that you don't feature. If we were a national radio station, I know you could hear us nationally, but if we were national, it'd be fantastic. God, we could rake in people left, right and centre. But it's such a shame that you don't feature in our figures. But you don't. Oh, Christopher's back 1am tomorrow morning. OK. Just have a quick look, just before we finish, actually, this morning. Because I was having a look at what the Metro were doing on their uh, front cover. They've got Tears for Amy, Father Mitch plays a tribute. They're looking forward to They want to do... This, uh, this concert. As I say, I don't mind doing a tribute concert, provided all the money goes for drug rehabilitation. That would make me very happy, I think. Uh, and they've got a picture of this uh, smirking killer. See, th- in this country, we would have covered him all up. He'd have been in a police wagon and you wouldn't have seen anything at all. Over there, they don't... I mean, he looks quite mad. His father says, I wish he'd killed himself. I think we all think that as well. Although, to be honest with you, um, you know, I'm more than happy to see him suffer. And Two, what, wait for this one. You know you've heard of, I've got to just quickly, fake iPads and fake things like that. In China, they had two fake, fake, remember this, Apple stores. The whole store was fake. Every single bit about it. They, they were selling all the Apple stuff, but it was all fake. The store was fake, the logo, every single thing. They've closed two of them down. I thought there were three. But they, uh, they say two, and they've actually closed them down. Imagine a whole fake store. Even the staff were fake. The staff were wearing fake outfits. But they had everything. The stairs that went up the middle to the bit at the, bit at the top. All very clever. Very, very clever indeed. But uh, only in China. You'd think the government would want to close down half these places, wouldn't you, really? Anyway, we've got no more time left. Sadly, uh, thank you very much indeed for your time this morning. Don't forget to podcast. Go to lbc.co.uk. Have a look at the pictures of me with the British Airways stewardesses, also on the same site. They look much thinner, of course, than I am, and uh, that'll, that'll remain for some time. But at least you don't have to look at the pictures of the burnt arm, which is OK. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at five. Check out the blog later on as well. Uh, don't forget Boris making his debut 
at nine o'clock this morning, and uh, he'll be doing an hour of the breakfast show, all by his little lonesome. So that to look forward to. Before all of that, and Nick of the team, here's Sam Pittis with the business update. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down nine points of 